All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Around the table, Pastor Jonathan Van Hugan from Dayspring Reformed Church, Pastor Russ Herman from Cloverdale Reformed Church, guest host today, Pastor Ryan Hempfill from, I keep on saying that wrong, Hempfill. 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 Pastor Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley RPC, and my name is Josh Bells from The Well Church. We are talking about uh, Paul Tripp's book, Do You Believe? It's an introduction to systematic theology. It gives you these high and lofty doctrines, and then it shows you how to apply them to life. Maybe it would be helpful to provide just a list of other systematic theologies that each of us has found helpful or beneficial um, and good entry level systematic theology. We can't give high we can't give high shelf ones. Well you can, but it only if you give a a, a good introductory one first. Okay. Uh, I think uh, one by J. I. Packer just simply called Concise Theology, which you know, you have like one or two pages on uh, different subjects of theology. And it's a pretty substantial book, you know, it's uh, it is concise so that uh, you know it's easily accessible. I think I'll I'll, I'll give another GI Packer title. Knowing God, um, the the idea is now it's not a it's not a complete systematic, but it does go through the mm-hmm. attributes of God in a very helpful way. Mm-hmm. Another good um, book would be uh, R.C. Sproul's "Everyone's a Theologian," and reminding yeah. us that we all think about um, theological subjects. Sometimes we think about them well. Sometimes we're not so well. But it it guides us systematically through uh, the different. Um, doctrines of god i was gonna say uh burkoff mm-hmm. i think i remember correctly because he's got summary of christian doctrine right that's what i was trying to remember it because he's got like the big meaty one mm-hmm. but then he's got the manual a, a little book uh, and then he's got a, the summary a, yeah there's one so called if you start with the summary and then you can build you know, on what's it what's nice about the little summary of christian doctrine is each one of those small chapters uh, has a list of questions right. that refer you back into that same, the things that he's gone over, so it helps you apply it. I use it in uh, discipleship groups yes. a lot, just working through those. Bovink has a four-volume systematic theology. Oh, that, oh <laughs> nice, simple one. Yeah. Um, which yeah. is uh, my favorite systematic theology. Mm-hmm. However, that's been condensed into a one-volume set, mm. But he himself, Bavink, condensed his four volumes into the wonderful works of God, um, which is more accessible. Um, yeah, if you're looking for Bavink in a simplified way, the wonderful works of God is is that in a helpful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe, can I give one more title? Yes, yes, please. This is a high shelf one, but the way that it's formatted is, is absolutely great. So it's Petrus van Maastricht, Dutch guy from the um, – 18th century, uh, he wrote a book called Theoretical Practical Theology, and it really is the gospel for life because it's it's theory, it's it's doctrine made practical, and it's broken up and where it gives you four distinct sections where here's the doctrine and then here's how you apply it. It is actually well, pres- very helpful. Presently, mm. that's a three-volume work, yep. and it's not complete. Right. So the, these are being translated at the present time. Yep. If you're not afraid of volume as far as just number of words, I think Dr. Beakey and, and, and Smalley's um, systematic theology is not a hard read. Mm-hmm. It's very verbose. I mean, it's three volumes. It will eventually be four volumes, and each of the volumes is, is pretty massive. Mm-hmm. But as far as readability, I think it is actually very accessible. Yeah. Along um, those lines is one by 
uh, one of my professors, Richard Gamble, um, mm-hmm. three volume set, The Whole Council of God. Now, um, the exciting uh, news is this. Mm-hmm. The Gamble sets we are going to have for sale at the Reformation, Reformation Place Conference, October 21st nice and 22nd. <laughs> and the Beaky sets that we'll have, we have um, some of the the Burkoff one. Um, so if you're looking for a good systematic, we also are going to have Do You Believe for sale as well. And you're not going to find ch- prices cheaper than what we're going to offer That's them. Right. You, know, there, you know, we've mentioned a number. And, and the thing is, there's a value in, in being able to pick up one or two of these. You might want to have one on your shelf. I think a, a really accessible one is James Montgomery Boyce's Foundations of the Christian Faith. Mm-hmm. That is very accessible. Again, not long chapters, but um, very well indexed so that when you want to look for a subject um, of theology, you can find it. You yeah. don't have to read the whole book to to actually find it useful to you. Yep. Voss's systematic theology is actually not that complicated. The Reform Dogmatics? Reform Dogmatics, it's in question and answer form. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so if that's a better format for you, that he's just answering all these questions. Well, that's the fun thing about that book is that you can go to the index and you can find the question that you want him to answer yep. and then go right to that section. I, I really find that form helpful. And mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think he's writing in a in a way that's inaccessible. I think it's actually um, even though the name Voss might conjure up high level theology, I think he he made that very accessible for people. Yeah, yeah. we should do a show on. <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say, what are we talking we, about we, today? We're talking about books today, which is uh, yeah, one of yeah. our fondest I, subjects. I just think it's helpful to have a good systematic theology you can turn to. Absolutely, and and don't let the the size scare you. Like one good way to go through a a big book is just read ten pages a day. Mm-hmm. Make Look, that your goal, and you'll eventually get through it pretty quick. You, you know, can read uh, Calvin's uh, Institutes in easily one year if you did that. A, mm-hmm. a good study Bible is is helpful too. If you don't have uh, the ability to go out and buy a theology set. Maybe just a good study Bible. The Reformation Study Bible is an excellent one, mm-hmm. but there are others as well. Yep. Okay, so we actually do have a subject today. Oh. Uh, thanks for getting us off course. <laughs> <laughs> um, the holiness of God. So we looked at the doctrine a, a, a little bit. We touched on it from Isaiah 6. Now, Trip Trip says this. What does it look like to let this doctrine form the important places in your life, such as friendships, career, marriage, parenting, sexuality, finances, civic life, education, leisure, entertainment, and church life. Um, I wonder how foreign that is to evangelicals just to say, oh, what do you mean the holiness of God applies to my my sex life or my friendship or the way that I educate my kids. And so what what Tripp does is he provides nine statements to kind of help flesh that out a little bit. So I'll just read the statement and then let's talk around it. So here's statement number one. The holiness of God is to be at the center of how you make sense of life. What does he mean there, do you guys think? I liked his little illustration he gave actually in the previous chapter, chapter five, but talking about skyscrapers um, when he was in Dubai, uh, looking at, I can't remember the name of the massive one, biggest one in the world, and just taking that in and enjoying it and then looking out across the city and seeing all these other buildings that in and themselves are wonderful pieces of architecture and beautiful, but just dwarfed. And 
in that, you know, the holiness of God, as we consider it and meditate on it in our day-to-day life, I think it really puts the rest of life in perspective. And it kind of puts what's going on in our life. Um, there are difficult things in our life. I mean, if you're listening and you're going through some rough patches in your life, I mean, there's a sovereign God who is holy and good and just. And, you know, there's a reason for that that we may not understand and may not, never understand in this life, but we can take comfort in knowing that a holy God is actually in control of things. I'm going to tell a story that I'm a little shady on some of the details. And so uh, well, I, I, I'm glad you're not telling us a shady story. <laughs> <laughs> the story is that there was a professional golfer that once was golfing with um, Billy Graham. Mm-hmm. And as they were golfing, um, they get done and, and the guy is throwing his clubs and angry and, and is saying, you know, Billy Graham was just, it was just awful. And, and he was just holier than thou and all of these things. And someone was like, did, did he say something? And then the golfer was like, no, he didn't, he didn't actually say anything. It was just being in his presence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it it revealed something about him, and so this idea that the holiness of God is the center of your life, um, that holiness then is supposed to shine into all of the uh, the areas, the nooks and crannies of our hearts and lives, and and brings a moral purity that should help us as we, because we can justify almost anything, mm-hmm. and God's holiness reveals the sinfulness of sin, um, a sin that we might be comfortable with and say, well, it's not that bad, and well, I can, I can put up with that. And, and then all of a sudden we're, we're justifying sin, and God's holiness, I think, is supposed to come into the very, if it's at the center of how we make sense of life, it, it really does make a distinction um, between that which is pure and that which is sinful. Well, think about just your friendships. If your friendships aren't... This is a hard jump for me. I. <laughs> <laughs> if your friendships aren't marked by holiness, then they're unholy. Are those good friendships or, or, or bad friendships? Think about your marriage. If your marriage is marked by holiness, is that going to be a happy marriage? Um, or is that going to be a, a, a miserable marriage? I mean, God's holiness on a on an attribute level, it's what makes all of his other attributes lovely. So, like, his sovereignty is lovely precisely because it's holy. If, mm-hmm. if he was a sovereign God who wasn't holy, he would be a tyrant. Right. And so, apply that to every single part of our life. If our sex life is not holy, it's, it's abusing the other person that you – your spouse – well, when we were talking about the existence of God, you know, the the fact that, uh, you know, in his general revelation that we're aware of certain things that we desire for certain, have these desires, you know, we long for justice, we long for love, we long for hope, peace, perfection, satisfaction, mercy, contentment, rest, harmony, joy. And, uh, and we recognize, uh, apart from God, those things are not going to get satisfied because um, those things can only be found in holiness. Yeah. They can only be found there in that in that otherness 
that comes from God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're not going to find we're not going to find perfect justice, um, you know, apart from Him. We're not going to find perfect love apart from Him. And so, this is why it gets carried into every. This is why we want holiness to characterize our lives, whether it's in our, in, you know you know, in our moral purity or any other area. Yeah. I mean, when when you consider and live in the, the presence and the sense of the holiness of God, it, it should affect what you listen to, what you watch, what you say, how you interact with other people. Um, it gets into the details of, of, of your life. I mean, the, the, the command of Scripture, as, as overwhelming as it might sound, is that we're supposed to be holy as god is holy mm-hmm. well that's not some small command that's a significant command mm-hmm. um and then that means our speech is holy um it means our where we go and who we interact with and and how we engage in in just mm-hmm. every detail of our life is shaped by that sense of we're to God's reflect holiness. the holiness of God. Back back when our TV was a box instead of a flat screen, we used to have a card that said on it that said, "I will put no unclean thing before my eyes." Mm-hmm. Well, that's a that's um, a response to the holiness of God. Yeah, yeah, and even beyond just outward actions, but the inclinations of our heart, mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. very thoughts, holding every thought captive, uh, is to be in light of God's holiness. So we've been going over uh, Paul Tripp's book, Do You Believe? A really great book on how to connect doctrine to life. Uh, I'm sure you could pick that up anywhere, or you could pick it up at our Reformation Voice Conference coming up October 21st and 22nd. Dr. Joel Beakey is back. He was our first uh, guest at our Reformation Voice Conference 2017, um, October 21st and 22nd. Mark it on your calendar. You're not going to want to miss it. It's on the church this year. This has been the Gospel for Life. We'll see you next time.